Welcome to Osteopathy Unplugged. I'm Steve Paulistio. And I'm Bonnie Gintestio. We're American osteopathic physicians, and we're a married couple devoted to the practice and the study of osteopathic medicine. Join us as we sit in conversation, talking about the inner and outer workings of osteopathy. Welcome to Episode 1 of Osteopathy Unplugged. We developed this podcast out of our passion for osteopathy and the recognition that our profession needs a more intimate discussion or a conversational approach to who we are and what we do. This podcast is our gift to osteopathy. We present our experience as clinicians, teachers, writers, and storytellers. We will be talking about osteopathy and all that it is and what it means. There will not be any outside interviews. The entire podcast is an intimate conversation between me, Steve Paulus, and Bonnie Gintis. Pretend that you are in the back seat of our car on a long journey, listening to us have a very interesting discussion. Or you've been invited to our house for breakfast, and we are sitting together drinking coffee or tea and pondering great ideas. We titled the podcast Osteopathy Unplugged because we wanted to offer a more personal approach that was not so technical. Rather than giving a series of lectures on evidence-based medicine or public health approaches to healthcare, we wanted to share with you our insight. We wanted to reveal our inner vision into the real-world workings of how we practice and live the clinical philosophy of osteopathy. Here's some of what we have in store for you. We'll answer the question, what is osteopathy? We will examine the top 12 concepts of osteopathic philosophy in concise individual podcasts. We'll address complicated elements of the osteopathic experience in a series of discussions aimed at the clinical application of an exquisite philosophy of healthcare. We'll study the unique and pragmatic principles of osteopathic manipulative treatment. We'll dive into what we call the osteopathic ways of being, exploring why the inner life of the osteopath is vitally important in clinical practice. And finally, we will weigh in on key political issues that every osteopath everywhere deals with in one way or another. Each episode will stand alone, so you can jump into the conversation with us at any point. However, we encourage people to start with this introduction and then listen to the next two episodes, What is Osteopathy, Part 1 and Part 2. Who is our audience? This podcast is primarily oriented towards osteopaths and osteopathic students from around the world. And our audience includes non-osteopathic professions such as MDs, dentists, physical therapists, chiropractors, rolfers, craniosacral therapists, biodynamic practitioners, massage therapists, and any professional that is interested in the complexities of healing using the osteopathic approach. A few patients may be interested in our discussion, but our content will contain technical language and osteopathic historical references that will not always be defined. We're experts in osteopathic medicine with a combined 60 years of clinical experience in osteopathic medical practice. Between the two of us, we've provided nearly 300,000 osteopathic treatments. We've both taught dozens of workshops in osteopathic manipulation and osteopathic philosophy in the United States, Canada, and Europe over the past three decades. And I've written a popular book titled Engaging the Movement of Life, that explores the relationship between osteopathy and the movement awareness practice called Continuum. 
We've been married since 1997 and share our lives together. And for 13 years, we practice together in Santa Cruz, California. Bon, we need to tell our audience a little bit about ourselves and what led each of us to osteopathy and formally offer introductions. So, let me introduce Dr. Bonnie Gintis and let her tell you about her interesting osteopathic background. Thank you, Steve. Three areas of interest and immersion in my life have led me to where I am today. Meditation, osteopathy, and continuum. I consider myself an accidental osteopath. I discovered osteopathy through an apparent disaster that happened to me in Sarasota, Florida during the summer that I was 17 years old. I was attending New College, one of the small experimental colleges of the 1970s. I was suffering from a variety of ailments with chronic pain, and I had a severe scoliosis, which was fueling my curiosity about alternative ways of taking care of my body. On the fateful day, I was on my way home from the store with a backpack filled with groceries. I heard somebody call out, and as I turned my head towards his voice, I crashed my bike in the middle of the road. The man who called out happened to be an osteopathic student who was fresh out of a week-long course in cranial osteopathy. I was scraped and bruised, but thankfully I wasn't seriously injured. He felt responsible for the crash, and he helped me gather my groceries, my bike, and he walked me home, where he offered to make sure that I was okay. And then he gave me my first osteopathic treatment. The treatment would not have looked like much to an onlooker, but I have a vivid visceral memory of my head and spine changing shape during the treatment. When he was done, I opened my eyes and he was gone. For years, I wasn't sure of what had happened, but I knew that my first osteopathic treatment had changed the direction of my inner compass. Over the following few weeks, my scoliosis reorganized and was barely detectable. I had fewer and less intense headaches. My hands stopped falling asleep. My vision improved, and I felt an incredible sense of relief from the emotional implosion that had oppressed me all of my teenage years. During the previous few years, as my scoliosis and many other painful ailments were worsening, I had become interested in alternative approaches to caring for my body and for my general health and well-being. Two years earlier, at age 15, I had discovered meditation, polarity therapy, and yoga. I was immersed in the counterculture of early 1970s Miami. I enrolled in a year-long polarity therapy training and regularly took yoga and meditation classes, where I met some students of Randolph Stone. He was an elderly seeker who was an osteopath he also studied yoga and many other forms of natural healing. The seeds of my future explorations were planted. It took nine years as an on-again, off-again undergraduate in multiple colleges to find my way back to osteopathy. I found work as a clerk in the billing office at Leroy Osteopathic Hospital in Manhattan. It was there that I met and was treated by many DOs who practiced hands-on osteopathy and integrated this philosophy and treatment into the care of their hospital patients. Osteopathy no longer felt accidental, as it became apparent I had found my life's path, especially after they invited me to apply to their school. I graduated from the New York College of Osteopathic Medicine in 1986 after doing an additional year as a teaching fellow in osteopathy. During my medical student years, I attended as many osteopathic trainings as I could. I put my hands on everyone, 
friends, loved ones, and fellow students, trying to gain as much palpatory experience as possible. I knew I wasn't going to do residency training past my internship, so I chose to go to Coney Island Hospital, a large and very busy New York City public institution, for the last phase of my medical training. I got the clinical experience I asked for, and quite a bit more. In 1987, I began private practice in Woodstock, New York. I treated people of all ages, but evolved into specializing in treating newborns and children. During my years at Coney Island Hospital, I spent a lot of time in the newborn nursery, examining and treating the babies almost every day. The nurses welcomed me because they thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. The fact that I didn't mind changing a diaper while I was there gave me an easy ticket in. Interwoven into the fabric of my osteopathic life was my discovery of continuum. Continuum is an approach to movement, breath, and meditative awareness that explores embodied life. I first heard of Continuum in 1981. That was the year I began my osteopathic training. But I didn't meet Emily Conrad, the founder of Continuum, until 1996. We developed a close personal relationship. She was my mentor, and we collaborated and taught together for the years leading up to her death in 2014. I realized through this practice that I could learn anatomy and physiology experientially in my own body and that this enhanced my perceptual skills in diagnosing and treating my patients. Practicing continuum allowed me to integrate sensory perceptual training into the way I taught osteopathy. Continuum became the practice that informed all my other practices. I could move, I could meditate, I could weave my spiritual practice and my connection to nature into a connected oneness. Since I first began meditating in 1971, I've studied in many traditions. For a while, I taught meditation as a separate practice, but I've realized the value of meditative awareness and osteopathic education and in guiding non-osteopaths to be more aware of their embodied experience. After I met Steve in 1996, I continued practicing for another 13 years in Santa Cruz, California, in the office that we shared. During the years I was in practice, I taught osteopathy in the United States, England, and in Germany. I also taught classes for my patients, other healthcare practitioners, and the general public. I began teaching Continuum in 1996, and I continue to teach it to this day. In 2007, I published a book, Engaging the Movement of Life, Exploring Health and Embodiment Through Osteopathy and Continuum. My book is essentially the core principles that have guided much of my teaching to all of my various students over the years. I continue to write essays and articles from my blog and other online publications. I hope to publish another book sometime soon. I spent many years as an insider in the osteopathic profession. I became board certified in osteopathic manipulation and neuromusculoskeletal medicine in 1994. I taught at osteopathic medical schools. I was a board member, a faculty member, and ultimately the course director for the 40-hour introductory course offered by the Osteopathic Cranial Academy. I earned the honors of the Sutherland Memorial Lecture, as well as fellowship in the Cranial Academy. All of this came to a screeching halt in 2009 when I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. That's a long story that I've lived to tell, and I've written extensively about it in my blog. If you'd like to know more about that journey, please visit my website and read my blog. 
Steve and I moved to Vermont in 2011 to simplify our lives, to live in a beautiful place that was more peaceful and affordable than California. He opened a solo office, and since then I've devoted myself to bringing an osteopathic sensibility to my teaching and writing. In my evolution from an accidental osteopath to a purposeful osteopath, I've created an innovative approach combining osteopathy, meditation, and continuum. I offer people an opportunity to experience the sense of wholeness that underlies these three seemingly separate approaches as I guide them to experience osteopathy in their own body and help them care more deeply for themselves, for others, and for the world in which we all live. And now, let me introduce Dr. Steve Paulus. Why don't you tell our audience about your personal osteopathic history? Thank you, Bonnie. I knew that I wanted to become a doctor beginning at age 12 years old. I read the Reader's Digest condensed book version of William Nolan, MD's publication, The Making of a Surgeon. I devoured this abridged version of his memoir and declared to my parents that I was going to be a doctor. My goal to become a physician became my passion. My path to medical school got sidetracked after college because I decided that I needed to hitchhike to California from Chicago and take time off from school. I craved life experience more than I needed more schooling. Upon return from my journey, I elected to go to graduate school in physiology, and I earned my master's degree in muscle physiology doing basic science research on the side effects of diabetes on skeletal muscle. I thought that I was going to then attend MD medical school, but my roommate from college was in osteopathic medical school and invited me to sit in on his classes for a week. They included me and let me participate in their second-year osteopathic manipulation class. I knew instantly that I had to learn this incredible method of healing that was based upon using skillful touch to help treat patients. I realized that by being a DO, I could be a physician and have these remarkable skills in osteopathic manipulation. My goal to become an osteopathic physician then became my new passion. I attended the Des Moines University College of Osteopathic Medicine and devoted my extracurricular activities to learning as much osteopathic manipulation as possible. After completing medical school in 1985, I entered an MD family medicine residency and became board certified as a family doctor. I moved to Watsonville, a small farming community in Northern California, and practiced outpatient care, hospital medicine, and integrated osteopathic manipulation into a busy family practice. The Loma Prieta earthquake of 1989 destroyed the office building that housed my private practice while I was in it seeing patients. The earthquake shifted the ground and altered my life. My business was destroyed by the earthquake, so I detoured to working at a local urgent care clinic for two years, sometimes doing extra shifts in the emergency room, working at the Veterans Association outpatient clinic, and working part-time at the county jail as an on-call physician. Once my first son was born, I made the decision that I wanted to be an active father and be at home more and to pursue my dream to practice osteopathy first and to incorporate the best of medicine with it, rather than practice medicine first and incorporate the best of osteopathy. I took over the practice of a famous osteopath, an MD named Fritz Smith, who developed the system of healing called zero balancing. From that point on, I dedicated my continuing education and personal study to learning the art and science of osteopathy while maintaining a connection with my family medicine roots. 
1994, I became board certified in osteopathic manipulation and neuromuscular medicine as a specialist. In addition, I studied Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, and homeopathy to gain better understanding of the ways in which each unique system of healing can benefit specific conditions. I became a yoga teacher and taught meditation classes. The goal was to develop my own version of an integrative medicine program to better understand the great healing systems of the world while using osteopathy and medicine as my foundation. Bonnie and I met in 1996, and we fell in love and in friendship. We have been in love ever since. Our relationship is close both personally and professionally. Our common love of osteopathy bonds us even more. I have been interested in osteopathic history and the original teachings of the founder of osteopathy, Andrew Taylor Still, since medical school. I have read each of Still's four books several times, searching for the hidden messages that this medical savant tried to teach. I have read every book written by his direct students and have delved into the obscurities of 19th century American medical history. All of osteopathy is founded upon the complex teachings of this prophetic 19th century physician who developed the healing system we now call osteopathic medicine. My dedication to osteopathic history and its core principles led me to developing a training program in the early 2000s in osteopathic clinical philosophy. I lectured and taught dozens of workshops primarily in Canada and Europe. Once Bonnie was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer in 2009 and could no longer practice osteopathy, we eventually made the decision to move to Vermont so we could simplify our lives and have a more sustainable lifestyle in a more pastoral setting. When my patients ask me, what kind of doctor are you? I reply that I'm a physiologist, an osteopath, and a family doctor. I use all three of these uniquely interconnected viewpoints to make a diagnosis and treat using osteopathic manipulation. I bring all of my extensive life experience and wisdom into the treatment room with a patient, helping them to navigate the complexities of illness using the power of osteopathic manipulation. So, Bon, anything else we need to cover as a part of the introduction to our podcast? No, I think we've covered all the basics, and people have gotten to know us a little bit better. Welcome to Osteopathy Unplugged. We know that you'll enjoy our relaxed banter as we have a conversation about our favorite topic, osteopathy. Thank you for listening to Osteopathy Unplugged. We have created a collection of foundational episodes free of charge. These teachings will provide an introduction to osteopathic clinical philosophy and are available through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The initial foundational episodes are offered free of charge. The ongoing collection of Osteopathy Unplugged will be released at regular intervals and will only be available by subscription at patreon.com. Please support us by subscribing at patreon.com slash osteopathyunplugged. And remember to share our podcast with a friend or colleague. A special thanks to Corey Blake for composing the theme music for Osteopathy Unplugged. We would love to hear from you please post comments or questions on our Facebook page or on our Patreon homepage. We trust that upcoming episodes will address your burning questions. Until next time, be well, listen deeply, and stay curious.